0: Good morning. Uh, this is the uh, first and last time you'll ever see me preaching, sitting down. Um, it's not what I do. Uh, we're, we're looking at Ephesians 5 today. Uh, Ephesians 5, we're in the MAID series, of course. Um, within the MAID series, we've been indirectly um, addressing the situation with couples and Um, In marriage, we've been addressing it indirectly. We really addressed it indirectly last Sunday. Uh, Today, we will address it very directly. Um, Address it very directly today. I wanted Tessa to uh, be up here with me. Um, (laughs) For her to be up here, I asked her to do it, to come up here with me and just sit up here. And one of the stipulations uh, was if... She didn't have to say anything at all. So which puts me in a cool spot because it's like, well, you can't say anything. And you and you agree to that. So and she doesn't even have a mic. So and my mic is turned towards me. So we're gonna address that with the with the couples. Um Ephesians five. Thank you too. Um, Ephesians five more than any other passage of scripture in the Bible addresses husband and wife. Okay, starting at verse 21, we're going to read Ephesians 5, uh, 21 through, I want to say 30. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll pray. Um, but, but before we even get into that, before we do start reading, uh, I do want to let you know that this is very important to us. Uh, marriage, um, the institution of marriage, our society has downplayed it. Uh, our society has made it seem as if this is just a glorified girlfriend. Uh, and this is much more than that. Marriage is sacred. Uh, marriage is, should be set aside and looked at as a holy thing because it is a holy thing in God's eyes. Um, and we, we talk a lot about being healthy here. Not perfect, because no church is perfect. But if you have been here more than a couple of weeks, I think you've noticed that what we have is, is healthy, really healthy. Um, and part of being healthy is that this is important to us. Whether it's here to out there, this and what this looks like is, is very important to us. And we want it to be to you. Um, It's important to the future of this church. It's important even as far as those kids go uh, in the back. Because if this is no good, if this stinks, then it's going to overflow to the kids. Um, Which I know that you've seen that before. Um, So this is very, very important to us. And so I want you to take this message to heart. I wanted to slow down a little bit and, and really give you the opportunity to hear it and it and it soak in, uh, which is why I am sitting down, and I'm not uh, going to go about it the way uh, that I normally would. Um, it is even important to leadership, the leadership of our church. Uh, 1 Timothy, the third chapter, uh, talks about that if a man uh, desires the office of a pastor or a leader in the church... All these things that it gives, um, that he must be this, he must be that. Talks about being the husband of one wife. He needs to be sober, vigilant, um, apt to teach. He needs to be patient, needs to be kind, all these things. And then it says, if he does that well, and he has proven this at home, then, okay, we give him the opportunity to do it within the church, if he's proven that he can do it at home. But then the Bible says in 1 Timothy, the third chapter, If he can't do it at home, then he has no business leading God's people if he can't even lead his own family. Um, And so within today, which is the reason why she's up here, I just want you to have a more intimate look into what we have. Um, Because if I can't do this well, and, and, and no marriage is perfect, no family is perfect, but if I can't lead her into something healthy, then I don't need to be up here and so that goes for me that goes for all of our leadership and uh we we just want you to take that more seriously okay so anyway um let's pray about it let's pray dear god i thank you for all of your many blessings thank you for this opportunity um to be here to speak to your people um god we we need to hear from you god please as usual don't let the things that are said today be my thoughts. Um, I could care less about my own thoughts when it comes to talking to your people. And and my thoughts don't help your people. And so, God, we all need to hear from you. So teach us today. Speak to our hearts. Um, use me for your glory, and I thank you. I thank you that you would. I humble myself to you. Um, even as I am on my knees before you... Uh, my posture physically reflects the posture of my heart, uh, bent and bowed and submitted to you. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Amen. I was uh, looking at uh, Ephesians 5 and 21. And before we read it, I want you to picture it because what God does here is he starts off saying uh, in the 22nd verse, we're going to read in the the 21st verse, it says, and further submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. And so he starts on the wives in the 22nd verse. And so he's talking to the wives and he's saying, wives, I want you to do this. And we're going to read through it. But he's saying, wives, I want you to do this. Okay, you're going to be the church. You're going to act like the church. And he's saying to the husbands, he's going to go on to say, and we're going to read through it, husbands, you you play me, okay? And so what God is really doing, he's actually playing director. It's almost like a movie that God is directing, and he's saying, all right, husbands, you're me. You're going to play me. And to the wife, you're going to be the church, okay? So as the wife, you're going to submit yourself to this guy, as, as if the church would do to me and husband, you're playing me, so you're going to lead her like I would lead the church and, and gave myself for it. So uh, what is actually going on here and being described in this verse passage is that God is directing a movie and ultimately he wants marriage to reflect him. And his relationship with the church. Okay. And so it is very important. He cares uh, a lot about how we play those parts. And God cares a lot about what that looks like. Okay. And so we're going to start with the wives in the 22nd verse. Uh, I'm going to stand to read it. Uh, It says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife. As Christ is the head of the church, he is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. I like that. Uh, For husbands, this means love your wives. Did you hear what what he said? Okay. Um, Okay. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. Uh, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body all right so i want you to see this movie that's going on and ultimately the reason is god the reason that god is directing the movie as director he cares what the actor and the actress are doing because and and as you go to watch a movie and you see like directors work with the actor and the actresses they want a certain message to come across. Okay. And so ultimately what God wants to come across is that people, there are people who might not ever come to church. Okay. There are people who would never, maybe ever walk through those doors or any other church, but if they can see you Husbands and wives, if they can see you, if they meet you and get to know you, they should already see what it looks like the story of God's love and his relationship to the church. And so he literally wants each couple, each married couple, to be a walking testimony of his story with the church. And so he's talking to the actresses here, the actor and actress. Um, and so this is a movie. And so we're going we're gonna to go into what that looked like as the men, as the actors in this film, women as the actresses, uh, what our parts look like, okay? Um, and so we're going we're gonna to go through it, but I want to personalize it. I like to use analogies because uh, just analogies help me. I'm a visual person, so just naturally I teach with analogies. But um, even in looking at this, I want to look at that passage through our own experiences and filter it through our own experiences. And so we're going to look at a couple of different things and address a couple of different things. Uh, but the first thing I want to address uh, is sexual purity, sexual purity. We don't really talk about it a whole lot. Uh, But if you read your Bible, it's pretty easy to see. It's pretty clear that God doesn't want you having sex outside of marriage. Okay? And so we're going to talk about how you can bless your wife, bless your husband um, from both sides of it. But one way, the first way that you can bless your husband or wife is waiting for them. That's pretty unpopular, even in the church, to the idea of waiting to meet, waiting to have sex with one person. Um, it's a pretty unpopular idea. It's not going to make you cool, um, but it is what God wants. It is what God wants. And I'm, I'm so proud to say, and, and, and nobody's perfect, um, but we need to wait. You that are married don't have sex outside of that. I know that may seem like a a given, but it's really not in our society. People every day having sex that are married are having sex outside of it. And so if you're doing that, you don't need to do that. It's not what God wants from us. Okay. You that are not married don't have sex outside of that. That's one thing that we are going to harp on, and I, I, I deal a lot with our high school boys, and that's one thing that we're going to uh, harp with them, and, and, and for those of you that have kids in the back, that's one thing that we will impress on those kids as they get older, not now, it's not it's too soon, they don't understand it, um, the whole thing with the stork, and it's just, it's too much, uh, it's, just, it's too much, uh, I, I'll tell you about it later, but... Uh, but one thing we're going to impress with them is sexual purity, sexual purity to my high school boys who, who are in the room uh, or may, may or may not be in the room, Artem, AJ, Dylan, uh, Daniel, if he's here, wait, wait to our, to our young men, some of whom I've had the opportunity to disciple, uh, Daniel Hollis, Chris Hollis, some of our other young men who aren't married yet, wait. God wants you to wait, uh, and that 's one thing about us that uh, I, I love that it worked out that way, not worked out that way, that we take pride in. Um, I waited for her, I waited for her she was she was my first, she was my first, and i'll have i 'll carry this to my grave, that my wife was my first and my only and and she can say the same thing. Thank you. She can, she can say the same thing. I was her first. I was her only. I, and still, um, it, it was so crazy. I'm not going to give details. But on our, on, our, <laughs> on, our, on our wedding night, it was so funny. It was like uh, a French-speaking person and a Spanish-speaking person Setting up an entertainment center where the directions were in Swahili. Um, And so it was like... Like... uh, uh, So if you've ever set up an entertainment center and you want to know how we felt, set up an entertainment center and flip to the page where it's in French or in Spanish and then try to do it. And then, like, you'll get some idea as to what we went through in the Hyatt that night. Um, I mean, there, there was a point where we had to stop. It was like, no, 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 this is good. <laughs> no, no, no. I just saying like, there was a point where we stopped. It, it was beautiful, though. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm not making fun of it. Um, this is the point where we stopped, and it was like, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's let's regroup. We huddled up. Um, it was like, let's let's go to Denny's, and and eat and regroup, and and then we'll come back, and then we'll we'll try it all over again. It was like one two three break, and we we went to Denny's. Um, so that's all I'm gonna say about that. But uh, you need to wait. You need to wait. Uh, the, if, if you're outside of marriage, um, whether you have been married and would like to be married again, wait. If you're single and you're wanting to find that person, wait. And you may, you may say, well, I've messed up. I've already, you know, I've already done that and, I, and I've, I've, I've done that and been wrong in that way. Well, ask God for forgiveness and start again. It, it works for other sins, and, and we should do it for that as well. If if you've messed up in that way, start again. Start again and wait. If, if you're with someone now that you want to marry, there's no worse way you can curse your future marriage other than to already be active in that way. And if you're with someone that you want to marry... And you know that you want to marry that person. There's no way that you can bless your marriage anymore than to wait. Than to wait. And I don't expect to get amens on that. And, and because that is unpopular in our society. But we've made a commitment here at this church that we're going to go by what the word says. Whether we like it or not. We're going to go by what the word says. So, young people, wait. Um... God's Word is so important to us, and I don't think anybody would argue this. God's Word is so important because it literally embodies what God wants to say to you. It's so important that we stand up here and preach it. It's so important to us that those of us that preach it spend hours and hours and hours studying it and making ourselves as familiar with it as possible Because it is so important to God what he says to you and how he says it. That is very, very important to God. The Bible is the most published book of all time. And it is a reason that God would have it be that way. The most published book of all time. That is no coincidence. It is very, very important to God what he says to you and how he says it. Because the Bible is God's message, it literally represents his verbiage, how he talks, his words, from the God to his love, the church, okay? And so if the Bible being important, and and no one here would argue with that, that the Bible in being important because it is what God wants to say to his church, If I am the man in my house, and I am, I don't know why I said if, um, being the man in my house and representing God, now I have to know that what I say to my wife, playing the role of the church in this movie, that God is equally as concerned with that. That he is extremely concerned, husbands, how you talk to your wives husbands how do you talk to your wives that's important because god would say hey you're you're playing me there was a couple of times even when in communicating with her that i you know just made mistakes i made mistakes even communicating with her and i could just feel god's tap on the shoulder and and say to me like cut and walk over to me and basically say you do know you're playing me in this movie right you do, know you're, you do know that you're playing, you're playing me, okay? And so it is important how you talk to her. If I am you and she's the church, watch how you talk to her. I would never talk down to my church. I wouldn't cuss at my church. I wouldn't belittle my church. I wouldn't be condescending to my church, so don't do it to her. And so even with us, I do not talk down to my wife. I've known her five years now, Uh, August. Yes, last month was five years. So it's been five years and a month from the day we met, August 27, 2011. I know my dates. Um, (laughs) But from that day to this day, I've never talked down to her. I've never called her a name where I wasn't being affectionate. Um, I've never raised my voice at her. I've uh, never, and and we have rules even in our communication, and, and I have to lead in that, and husbands, you have to lead in that, and so I'm not going to tell you what those rules should be, or how you should communicate exactly to the T, but my thing is, I'm not going to talk to my wife in a way where if I saw someone else do it, I wouldn't want to punch them in the face, and I mean that, and so what would make me want to punch somebody else in the face? They, they address my wife. If they were condescending to her, don't do that. They talked down to her. They called her a name. Anything not good, anything disrespectful, condescending, passive-aggressive, all that. I don't do any of that with her. I don't do any of that. And so if I wouldn't let someone else do it, then I don't need to do it. And so that's, that's how we communicate. And men... This is how we need to communicate with our wives. Do we communicate? Now, again, you're playing God in this movie. And so if she is the church, God cares how you talk to his church. Okay, and so how do, how do we communicate? Do you yell at your wife? Do you yell? And again, this, this is a two-way street, so I know the men are thinking, oh, it goes two ways. Yes, it does go two ways, but God has put it on you to lead, so I have to, I have to lead in that way. And it is a two-way street, but I, I do have to lead. And so, men, how are we talking to our wives? Do we yell? Do we, do we name call? Do, are, we con, are we condescending? Are we, do we talk down to her? Do we do that? You're playing God in this movie. So you should, you should be careful with that. You should be careful with that. Uh, I remember we were at Verizon the other day. We were at Verizon. It was so funny. Uh, yeah. So we were at Verizon, and we're getting, we are getting the outer box for a phone, and we're getting the outer box. So the guy goes up the back. It took him 10 minutes. He goes in the back, gets... I like Verizon, by the way, so it's am not, not picking on Verizon. So he goes in the back, gets the thing, he opens it up, and he's putting it on the phone for us. Because if you've ever tri- put, tried to put an autobox on a phone, it's almost impossible for a civilian to do it. <laughs> so, uh, so he does it for us. But then she grabs the phone after he does it, and, and my wife says, it's too smooth on the uh, slip on the back, like too, and so she doesn't want it, so he goes and gets another one, and I, it was crazy, because I looked at her, and I was like, wow, like, you're being a little difficult, I, I told her that, I wasn't, I wasn't like, it was actually kind of funny to me, because he got to go through it, um, <laughs> and I was just like, look at him, going back and forth, he was going back and forth, and he did it with a smile the whole time, and it's like, wow, I was like, man, you are being, like, you're being a little difficult, you're being a little difficult, uh, but again, it was funny to me. So, but it's crazy because the whole time I'm still watching him and I'm still watching, I'm watching his expressions. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him to hear how he's going to communicate with her in those moments. Is he getting frustrated? Does he communicate his frustration to her? And I told her, I said, you know, I'm going to defend you when you're wrong. But my thing is, and this is even biblical. Okay. She was being difficult can't deny that you wouldn't deny that would you okay well you're not mic'd up anyway so um but even when she's wrong she's still mine and so i was going to defend her no matter what now you know he luckily he he kept a smile the whole time and it didn't even become an issue but i'm watching for it because i'm thinking well even even though she's wrong she's wrong but even when she's wrong she's mine so, so he, so he needs to come correct in how he communicates with her, and so husbands, remember that. Yes, they, our wives, make mistakes; they do things they shouldn't do. We do too, but remember that. How God communicates with you, okay? And God is thinking, even when even when we're wrong, we're still His. You know, if I make a mistake up here, even in preaching, God haunts me in my sleep. Because he cares so much about what's communicated to his people. And so I study in a week's time, like hours and hours. Um I didn't go to bed before, probably one any night this week. And it's just studying and studying and preparing and prepping. Why? Because God cares how he cares so much about how he talks to his people. And so if he cares about that, we have to know that because we're God in this movie, he cares how we talk to our wives. And so, again, that's something nobody's perfect, but we want to be healthy. And so if we're going to be healthy, men, and husbands, we, we got to work on that. We got to work on that. Husbands and wives, let's, let's work on that. Let's work on that. Um. And I want to say communication, and not just communication, because the normal normal day, normal run-of-the-mill day, um, communication isn't a problem. Communication only becomes a problem when you're under pressure, you're upset. How you communicate with your spouse when you are upset says a lot about you. How do you communicate with your spouse when you're upset? Okay. And so we have, we have rules. And, of course, I told you what those rules are. And it's up to me to lead in that. And so we have those rules that even when we're upset, uh, one thing we had to add, I think, after the second week, it was like we, uh, the second week of being married, we, had an, uh, you know, we were upset with each other. And we talked about it. And I was heated. And so I said, okay, are we done? And so it was like, okay, well, that was it. But I was still very, very heated. I left the house. I left the house. And I just drove around Irmo for like two hours. Um, I said, well, yeah. And I told her, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to Redbox. Which the Redbox is two minutes down the road. And, um, but it took me three hours. So I was just driving around. And when I came back, she said, don't do that again. Like the things that went through my mind when you were gone. Again, I was just driving around. I ate a couple of cheeseburgers, but um, but that that had to be part of our communication. Okay, now now it's nobody leaves. Don't leave the house. You want to go in another room, cool off? Go in another room. Nobody leaves the house, so we're going to stay here and we're going to talk about it. Um, but communication is important, especially under pressure. And I would urge you, I would strongly advise you to have rules. Argument rules, okay. When you argue, uh, to make sure that you have those rules in place, uh, and I say that it's it's almost the difference. Raise your hand if you know what uh, MMA is, MMA or UFC. Raise your hand if you know it is. Okay, it's when they're they're wrestling, fighting, uh, but when they're fighting, there are no rules. Like you can pretty much do anything that you can think of in um, like MMA or UFC. And because of that, uh, unlike boxing, boxing, there's all these rules you can't hit below the belt. and uh, Of course, you have to have gloves on, this or that, all these rules. And so the injuries that take place in MMA are way worse because there are no rules. There are no rules in fighting. I saw a guy in, uh, this is the last time I watched an MMA fight, I'll probably never watch one again. The like, guy's fibula was broken in half. In half. Like, from the knee that it was broken in half. And I was like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, but that goes to show you how, how badly someone can get hurt when there are no rules. Okay? And in arguing... Heated discussion, whatever you want to call it. If there are no rules, if there are no limits, if there's no out of bounds, and I can just I can I'm allowed to say whatever I want to say to her, however I want to say it. I can call her whatever I want to call her. If I want to put my hands on her, I can. If if there are no rules, then at some point, somebody if it if it hadn't happened already, to those of you that are married. And even that a single and wanting to get married. If there are no rules, somebody can get really, really hurt. And I, I want to caution you, and you may have seen this already. And it's crazy. Men, uh, I think men want to give off the whole bravado thing, all like sticks and stones, um, can break my, you know, wor- yeah, please, words can hurt worse. And men can get hurt as quickly as a woman can. Oh, just as quickly. It's crazy. I, it is crazy. And, and the ability that you have to hurt each other, oh, it is unlike anything I've ever experienced prior to being married. The, the ammo that somebody has on you when they know what you look like, butt naked. <laughs> oh, the ammo. I don't care how much you work out. I okay, care what you do. Uh, when when you are just when they know, and that funny, Daniel. Um, when when they know it, it, it is uh, and it is kind of like how God looks at us when when you know everything about someone, when you know all their secrets and all their moves. I remember when I would play my brother one on one. I remember being younger; he was the only person who could beat me one on one. Because he knew, and we would go, we would go have the, we would play to five and it would take an hour. Because we knew all each other's moves. And it's just, it was like, it was almost a waste of time to play him because I knew what he was gonna do and he knew what I was gonna do. And it was just, and you can't win an argument with somebody you're married to. You can't, there's no winning. I used to, you know, try to, I, I, I saw a comedian say, well, uh, he he gave advice. He said uh he said what you do is you you say you say it and you say it real loud and then you walk off and don't give him a chance to come back. So that's what that's what you do. So where argument, you know, and just you say something real loud and walk off and he would say that's, and that's how you win. But I and it's crazy because and you may feel this, those of you uh Suppose you've been married, raise your hand. If you're married and you've been in an argument or a heated discussion, you've married, you've been in a heated discussion. Okay. Married okay, if you're married and you haven't been in a heated discussion or an argument, you're not married. Um, uh, I don't know what you did that day, but but you're not married. It just happens. You you go- you're gonna have those where it gets heated, but um you can't I remember finding myself like trying to win and you can't you can't win, you can't win, uh you know you're trying to get over on this person, you're trying to say you're trying to like get the last word and say something back that that tops what they said or what they did, and it's just it's pointless you can't win and you and you're trying to get this person and and the Bible even says in this passage it says uh." That if you don't love your wife, it's like, it's it's pretty much saying you don't love yourself. Okay? Here's how ridiculous it is to, to, to go with each other and fight. Here's how pointless it is. Okay? So we're one in the body of Christ. And in Christ's eyes, he looks at us as one. Okay? And so here's how ridiculous it is that I would do something bad to her, that I would attack her in any way, verbally or non-verbally, that I would attack her. Here's how ridiculous that is. Um, it would almost be like my arm getting into an argument with my leg. Okay, and so my arm is upset. Follow me now. So my arm is upset with my leg, and it's like, oh, you, you leg you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and and it's, it's upset, and so the arm says, okay, I'll get you. I'll fix you and take some poison and, and puts it right into the leg. Boom, I'll, I'll fix you and puts poison right into the leg. Well, the problem with that is that the arm is part of the body too. And so in doing that, i really, the arm has really killed itself, okay? And so by loving my wife, and, and it says in this passage, a man who loves his wife loves himself. When you love your wife well, it's basically saying that you understand the biblical principle of how this works. If you love your wife well, it's really showing that you, you understand you, that you love yourself. To love your wife well is to love yourself. To hate her is to hate yourself. And so I'm not going to pump poison into myself because you may be sitting here and say, well, why would I stop cussing at her? Why would I stop talking down to her when I get upset? I'm the man in the house. Well, if you you do that, you're really just doing it to yourself. Her state, emotional, physical, spiritual, is a direct reflection on me as a man. And so if she's in a bad place, it's a reflection on me. I can talk to your husbands, I can talk to your wives and 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 it will tell me how good of a man you are. And this is just biblical. I can talk to your wives and talking to her and just seeing where she is and and everything it will and and John would John and communicating it in times past, he would say how beautiful she is. That you have the responsibility of making her beautiful. And her mental, her spiritual state is on you to beautify her, to build her up. Men, we have to know that we are the uh, the pastors of, and the Bible says this, that if you're the man in the house, you are the pastor of your house. You're the minister of your house. Well, the only thing is, being a minister, the word minister, it's not some glorified thing, it's like, oh, you know, fix me a sandwich with some cookies and some Kool Aid. It doesn't really look like that. The, uh, the word minister means servant, it's a word that really means waiter. And so I'm the waiter of my house. I have to make sure that she has what she needs. And so, if, and, and to, in to, and being the spiritual waiters, men of our houses, I have to know she has a stomach I can't see. Okay? Well, I can't see the first one, but. um, She has a spiritual stomach. And as much as it is, now there's not a man in this room who would let your wife go hungry. You know, you would, you would, you're gonna feed, all of us here, we're gonna feed our wives. On a a physical level, we're going to feed our wives and make sure she has enough food, and the kids too. We're all going to do that, so we're not going to talk about that. But on another level, you don't just have, and, and being the spiritual waiter of your house, it is not just your responsibility to make sure that she eats physically, but to make sure that her spiritual man is fed. Now, every woman in this room... Who is married may have a stomach full of food, but spiritually, how's your wife doing? How is she hungry or is she good? When's the last time she's eaten? Spiritually. Are you reading your Bible to her? Are you speaking word to her? The Bible says in, in I think it's the, I want to say it's the 26, 27 verse, it talks about us. The husband's, it says, wash her with the word. Wash her that my responsibility, part of my responsibility is to wash her with the water of the word and make her clean through the word, that I would speak the word to her. Bad times, good times, that I would speak the word to her. And by speaking the word to her, that every time I speak the word to her, it's as if she took a spiritual shower and that that I've made her clean spiritually. Now, looking around the room, and I can see every, from here, I can pretty much see every woman in the room. Every woman in this room, from what I can see, is physically clean. But how are we doing spiritually, women, wives, and husbands? Are we doing anything about that? Have you given your wife a spiritual shower lately is what I'm saying. Have you done that? When's the last time you've read the Bible to her? When's the last time you've read the Bible with her? When's the last time you've quoted scripture or even in the midst of a problem, say, hey, let's go to the word about this. Let's go to the word about this. When's the last time we've done that? You are are the waiter of your house. The last thing I want to let you know is that it says in the very first verse, and this has been the subject of controversy, and so we're going to end on this. Uh, But it says, uh, why submit to your husbands? And I commented earlier, oh, I like that. Um, Because it says, why submit to your husbands in everything? How cool is that? In (laughs) everything. Uh, If you don't believe me, uh, Chris put it back up. Um, (laughs) It says, you can't argue with that. It's God's word okay He's saying why submit to your husbands in everything everything um and so men like to use that verse as a way to exercise lordship over this person um and so what we don't know is that is saying to the wives, yes, submit to him. But then it says to the husband, be Jesus to her. And and if you know what Jesus did, he submitted. He submitted. And so I'm saying husbands, we have to submit to them too. We have to submit to them too. I have just as, it is just as much on me to submit to her as it is for her to submit to me. As a matter of fact, I have to do it more so. The word submit in the Greek is a Greek word that means to come up under. That I would literally, that I would come up under her and just be her support. It's a word that reflects as if I were to literally to scoop her up and carry her. And so spiritually, uh, the Bible says that this is what Jesus did for us when we needed a Savior. And and when the whole world was going to hell, that Jesus Christ, the Lamb, the, the, the Savior of the world, came up under us. He submitted himself to us, came up under us, and scooped us up. He scooped us up, which makes me think of the poem where it talks about, and you may have seen this, The uh, I think it's called Footsteps, and it talks about the, 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 the two different what? footprints, and it talks about there being two sets of footprints, and then there was a time where there was only one footprint, and, and God was saying, it was then that I carried you, and so all of us know, to know that Christ died for us, literally is to know that one day, He submits himself. The Bible says he became sin that knew no sin. He had no business, no business with sin, but he made it his business. He literally, spiritually came up under us and carried us. And so men, that word submit, when he's telling you that you need to submit too, and you do in being Christ to our wives, we literally need to come up under them and carry them. Um, we, we, we've said a lot today, but I just, I just want you to know. And again, what we have, it's, it's not perfect. We're, we're flawed every day. We talk and communicate. Uh, we, we have these sessions where we call it practice. Um, it's, it's mostly her, uh, briefing me on something I need to do. Uh, but we, we talk every day just to get on the same page And I feel like every week that goes by, like we fine tune it a little more and we get a little better at being on the same page. And again, we're not perfect. Nobody here is perfect, but we talk a lot about being healthy. And so if we're going to be healthy for the sake of those kids back there, husband's wives, we got, we got to work on this. You that are single and want to be married, you need to have this in mind. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for uh, all of your many blessings. We thank you for being uh, so good to us. Uh, God, help us to do this well. God, it starts with our husbands. It starts with the men. We're God in this movie. And help us to remember that. Um, Help us to know and remember that a man that mistreats his wife hates himself. And so help us to love our wives better and lead them better. And in doing so, be a reflection of you and your glory. God, there are those in the white note community who may never come to church, but they know a husband and wife who do. And so God, help them even that they would look at us and see you and see your love, see how you love us. And it be a testimony whether they ever come to church or not. God, help us do that well.